cliffcentral.com. Hello and welcome. All right, so we are into another installment of Inspired Youth here on Cliff Central. Uh, installment number four or five, I believe it is. Things are moving along very quickly, as is this entire year. So uh, if you have just joined us, thank you for joining us. I've got two fantastic guests in the house, and we're going to be picking up with another one a little bit later on. So just to get to the crux of the matter... The name of the show is Inspired Youth SA, and we are here to tell you about all things youth-related, all things cool-related, and obviously try and uh, raise some platforms and get some some media attention for those out there that need it, obviously knowing that our world is changing rapidly, and it's all about the youngsters and all the things that they do, as well as all the people that are inspiring the youngsters through following their passion, turning it into their careers, maybe an alternative lifestyle, maybe something uh, very much business-related, entrepreneurial-related. Otherwise, it could be anything. So who we've got in the house today, we're actually taking on to a totally different uh, toll, and we are going down the athlete's path. So in the house with me, I have Mr. Nick DeVitt. Nick, hello and welcome, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me on, yeah. Absolute pleasure. It's good to have you back in the house. And then, of course, joining you is Dallin Goldman. Dallin, welcome. Thanks so much. Good to be back. Excellent, excellent. So, guys, as I said, the name of the show, Inspired Youth SA, please do engage with us. We're on Twitter, uh, handle, as well as Facebook, all of it, at or hashtag Inspired Youth SA. We'd love to hear from you. Obviously, this is going out as a live broadcast at the moment, but also available for our podcast for all those listeners out there. So we're rounding up the year and we're getting into all things creative. Everyone's finding their summer passions and their love for what it is that they do. And as I say, this is exactly why we brought these two guests in the house. So, uh, so Nick, we'll, we'll start off with you. I'm not going to introduce you, even though your, your Google tells us some amazing things about you. Um, who are you? What do you do? And what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you invited me here. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I, uh, I'm, yeah, come from Johannesburg and, uh, yeah, I ride freestyle motocross. So it's a little bit of a, a derivative of, uh, motocross, the racing. So what we do is we take uh, dirt bikes or off-road motorcycles and we jump, uh, steel ramps, purpose-built ramps and we do tricks in the air like backflips. And uh, a lot of people have heard of the Red Bull X Fighters or X Games, Travis Pastrana, that type of stuff. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I do. So, uh, Nitro Circus is one of the big events that I've done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, uh, doing the tricks, uh, showing off on your dirt bike. You know, I was never a racer. I raced for a couple of years and, uh, just had some fun there. But, you know, some people are built for racing. Some people are built for showing off. And, uh, <laughs> I chose the latter route. So yeah, had some fun there. <laughs> I can see so. Now, I mean, obviously one of the first things that comes to mind with that is that it's extremely dangerous and you must have broken many a bone. Can, let's, let's just get that out of the way straight away. Yeah. Well, that's the most, uh, the, the favorite uh, question that everybody asks. Man, you do freestyle? How many bones you broken? And, yeah. You know, it's pretty disappointing. <laughs> I've only broken one. Uh, so sorry to disappoint. Touch word. Uh, I'll keep it that way, but had a lot of injuries. Well, not too serious, but uh, you know, it's, it comes with the sport. You know, it's a dangerous game, and uh, you know, we make sure we wear all the right protective gear. You know, helmet, boots, all that kind of stuff. You know, that uh, you know, you're going to crash if you wear the, the best gear out there. And uh, we're supported by some of the best guys out there. That you know, it minimizes the damages to your body. So you know, we try to keep it safe, do it properly, but you know, we push the limits to make sure that. Uh, you know, we uh, achieve in the sport and have achieved and uh, make mm. sure that I do what I need to to make it happen. Is this a sport that's growing within South Africa? Well, freestyle motocross, is, uh, it's been around for quite a few years in the world and also in South Africa. I think, uh, well, I've been involved and been doing it since about 2004, 2000, oh, no, sorry. Yeah, 2001, I was started riding. 
94, I got my first bike. So the first kind of 10 years or so, there were not too much freestyle going on. That's when I did my racing career. But, uh, you know, since then, it hasn't grown that much. It's uh, Like you said, it's a dangerous sport. So mm. I think a lot of people, they want to do it because it looks really cool. But then uh, they have their first crash or something like that, and then they just like, oh, it's too dangerous. So with anything in life, you've got to go through those bumps and bruises and the hard times to to achieve. And uh, everybody who's on a certain level in South Africa now has gone through the tough times, gone through the injuries and the, the times like, why am I doing this? What's this? You know, where's the reward? But you go through that, and then you get to, you know, a, a point where – you can do it. It's not a big deal to jump the ramps and do the tricks, and then you can get to the learning part and actually mm. excel in the sport. So, you know, in South Africa, there's a handful of guys that have got to that level where they actually can ride and do the shows, do the events, and travel overseas. And, you know, I think there's probably about five, six guys that can actually do it locally. And, uh, you know, it's sad. We'd like to grow the sport. You know, we'd like to pass on, especially me. You know, I'm not a young kid anymore, but, you know, I'm still acting like a young kid. <laughs> But I'd like to pass it on and um, it helped a lot of guys get to the level and I'd still like to help a lot more people achieve and uh, see this sport because it's it's taken me around the world. It's taken me to some crazy places yeah. and um, yeah, had a really good career doing what, uh, what I love. It certainly is a, a spectator-friendly sport. Now, Darren, I can... Darren. Sorry, I can see you just uh, sitting here nodding your head as to as to injuries and it, it's, yeah. it's part and parcel. Have you broken Definitely. more than one bone? Yeah, I think uh, in my racing and my freestyle career, I've broken around 22, 23. <laughs> <laughs> not, not something I want to brag about, but uh, yeah. It's I'll stick to knitting. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> so yeah, but uh, you know, it's part of the game and uh, you know, you learn to accept it as you as you're growing with the sport. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now tell me, so how, how did it come about for you? Um, I was probably um, 14 years old um, I was racing at the time And uh, the track I wanted to go practice at Was actually closed So my dad kind of like surprised me And ended up taking me to Nick's uh, Park actually okay. um, Which I'd never actually hit steel or anything before So it was like a super surprise for me Got there and um, yeah I landed up uh, pretty much hitting Some of the steel ramps And pulling it back to like 16 meters Within the, my first ride And like I was just pretty much hooked from there. I did my final race uh, that weekend, and ever since then I've just uh, been trying to, you know, be as consistent with FMX as I can. And uh, yeah, ten years later, here I am. Um, yeah. You know, one of the top riders in South Africa, following in the uh, f- uh, path of Nick Devitt. So, you know, it's been awesome growing up and uh, watching him evolve, and obviously myself trying to evolve with it as well. So. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> okay. So, I mean, there's, there's obviously, I mean, I, I come from a, a bit of a surfing background. So there's a lot of things that you can relate that into, to business and, um, just into, to life skills in general, you know, following your, your passion, your t- determination. So, I mean, Nick, how, how did this come about for you? You know, we've kind of just been down Dallin's story, but how did, how did motocross come about for you? You know, I, I, my father was a surfer. That's how it came about for me. Quite simple. I was never going to be a rugby player. I was never going to be anything else. I was like, there's a surfboard. Go and learn how to do it. How, how did your story develop? Well, um, it's quite an interesting story. I started off, uh, I lived on a plot out in uh, Krugersdorp, the western end of Johannesburg. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I always tried to, uh, my parents were pretty cool that way, that they'd let me try a whole bunch of things. You know, I was always looking at all the bicycles and bow and arrows and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I think that's good in any youth now is you, you can't push your kid in one direction, you know, you got to be able to give them a whole bunch of things to choose from and decide or let them see what they're pa- passionate about, you know, yeah. to, to try push someone in a direction that they're not passionate about is, 
you know, it's it's impossible. They're never going to excel. They might get good at it, but they're mm. never going to excel because they're never going to want to do it or wake up on those rainy, cold days and go, oh, we've got to go train now because the passion's just not there. So my parents, you know, exposed me to a lot of stuff. And, uh, you know, riding dirt bikes, you know, it's always expensive, you know, so to save up. And uh, yeah. eventually I managed to save up enough cash for helping my parents to get a bike. And, um, you know, I just started riding in the plots out there in the quarries and, you know, I just fell in love with it. You know, this is what I want. I was always involved with bike, always had a bicycle staying on the farm and that kind of stuff. And I always loved two wheels. And from there, I just, uh, it kind of evolved from there, met some guy and I never, th- my parents never pushed me into racing. And I think that's something you need to be nudged, nudged into a bit mm. just to, you know, get out of your comfort zone. And I met a met a friend of mine, uh, Chris Owen, and he kind of said, "Hey, you're not too bad. Uh, come race with me this weekend." And yeah, I went uh, I went to the race. You know, very sheepish and not knowing what to expect, and didn't know where I would stand or man, expecting to come last. And I think I placed fourth in that race, my very first race. And okay. I was like, "Wow, this is not bad. It was kind of fun, you know." So, so it's nice when you realize straight away that you're actually quite good at something. Yeah. Doesn't it? That's kind of cool. It's like, okay, a well, bonus. Yeah, well, then I'll, I'll take this more seriously. Yeah. I happen to be quite good at this. Yeah. <laughs> Carry on, please. Yeah, so it was pretty cool. You know, that was a big, big confidence boost in my early career or with, yeah, my riding career, you know, because it's like, hey, I can actually do this. So I raced for a couple of years, won one or two championships and just excelled in that. But, you know, racing is slightly different to freestyles. You yeah. know, there's a lot of fit, fitness involved in racing and a different type of fitness in freestyle you know it's more strength in freestyle rather than fitness and you know i just suffered from arm pump and a few things that some people suffer from you know so then um yeah riding bikes you know never stopped every weekend i was at the track riding with my mates having fun and then uh yeah i think uh one time i was you know had some job at a when i sort of left school or was leaving school and I rode past some guys that were jumping freestyle ramps, and I'm like, man, that looks really cool. Like yeah. I'd done a few tricks on the motocross track, and I just thought, let's let's stop and talk to these guys, you know? So I stopped and had a chat to them. I'm like, yeah, I really like to come try it out, and they're like, yeah, come check it out, come try. Later on, I found out that they had at least two, three guys a week saying that, so they're like, yeah, another one of these guys that want to come try it out. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that weekend I actually went and tried it out, you know? I went there and. Uh, you know, jump the ramp. I could ride a bike, you know, so it wasn't me learning to ride a bike. It's just trying freestyle or another discipline. And yeah, went there and after a couple of weeks of doing that, it was just overtook all of them and they were a bit grumpy about that. But, really? <laughs> but you know, found, found a passion, you know, and since then I just put all my effort into that, you know, and just uh, started training freestyle and then started making a bit of cash out of it, you know, from a little bit of demos, you know, like you said, it's a spectator sport. So mm, mm. people uh, really enjoyed what we we're doing. And I took it to some of the big events around, like Rancho and those type of events. Yeah. Where people got exposed to it. And, you know, I just like, this is my niche. This is what I need to pursue in my life. And, you know, obviously your parents want you to pursue, like, oh, go become a lawyer or a doctor, blah, blah, blah. You know, that type of stuff. And nothing wrong with that, but some people aren't built for that type of academic stuff. Uh, I wasn't. So I followed this pursuit, rode my motorcycle, and now I've been to over 60 different countries riding my bike crazy places like Pakistan and uh, Sri Lanka and places I never would have gone without this and now yeah. I've ridden my motorcycle on nearly every continent around the world and yeah entertained hundreds of thousands of people just doing stupid things on a dirt bike I love that doing <laughs> stupid things on a dirt bike <laughs> paying, achievements, the, paying the bills yeah why not <laughs> absolutely uh, Dallin I mean when when these kind of events I mean everyone obviously a Nitro Circus um, just, just passed recently um, obviously Red Bulls kind of I won't say owned the space but certainly 
kick-started a lot of the, the motocross side of things, uh, especially within the country of South Africa. Um, you know, getting into events and competing on a professional basis, when, when did you make that decision or how, how would someone get into that space? What do you have to do to be, become professional? Yeah, it's, you have to put in a lot of hours. You know, obviously, like Nick says, you have to be extremely passionate about what you do and you've got to make the sacrifices of not going out and partying on weekends and doing what all your other mates are doing. You know, you've got to put your head down and work as hard as you can to get to that level, you know. And unfortunately, I haven't been able to ride um, some of those top events like Nick has, but, um, you know, I've still been able to, to do some local um, competitions here with the boys and um, one or two overseas and I did Australian Sweden style in 2015 and mm-hmm. um, yeah it just pretty much comes down to how much how committed you are and how much effort you're going to put in you know and I've over the last you know eight years I've been putting in my all and just trying to take it as far as I can to get where I am today you know yeah. and um, I'd say it's it's, it's paying off but um, yeah it's not going to happen overnight you know you really have to you really have to put in that effort man so yeah yeah, just keep at it. Don't give up. Keep pushing. You know, if I can do it, anyone can do it. I think. So. And the the sponsors, supporters, things like that. I mean, is it is it the same as as everyone else? You kind of got to prove yourself, put together your track record or your CV and your bio, etc., yep. etc. Et yep. I mean, do you have to ride for them, or how do, how does it go about approaching a, a big corporate or a sponsor? Yeah, so like generally, you'd put um, your CV together and whatnot, and send it out to the companies that you'd like to, you know, be sponsored by. Mm-hmm. Um, many years ago, I approached, you know, as a kid, I used to love DC. Um, mm-hmm. Growing up, but even before I started Freestyle, it was just one of my ultimate brands, and then um, you know I ended up approaching them when I was about 16, 17, and I signed on with them back then, and I've been with them ever since. So super grateful. Um, you know, sometimes you'll be out at an event, and um, some people will see you, uh, and yeah. they'll come up to you, and they'll be like, "Hey, how do we get in touch with you? You give them your details. You know, you set up a meeting." And uh, you go forward like that, you know. That happened with me with uh, Bounce South Africa. Yeah. Awesome place to train. So much fun, you know. You can take your friends, your family. I've got two little sisters. I take them here all the time. And, um, yeah, I saw them at an event and had a, ended up chatting with them. They said, hey, let's set up a meeting. And, um, you know, I landed up uh, when I got back to Joburg. I landed up going, having a meeting, sat mm-hmm. down, and they said, yeah, let's go forward with this. You know, they're happy. They they like um, how, how I do things. And, yeah, we move forward with that. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's really awesome, but you know, it also comes with a, a whole lot of hard work, and you know, putting in the effort to make sure that they're happy with your performance and uh, and everything you're doing with them too. So yeah, yeah, I think that I think that's like every athlete or every childhood dream. I mean, again, relating it back to surfing, which is the world that I know, yeah. I do not know anything about yeah, two wheels, perfect. but um, that kind of thing is like getting out of the water, and someone comes and walks up to you and goes, "Hey, I like what you're doing yeah. out there. Let's talk about contracts and yeah. things." I mean, that is just the ultimate reward, isn't yeah, it? 100%. I mean. You can't get much of a better feeling than people that. People acknowledging true? your your hard effort and work, you know, yeah. it pays off. So. And you knocking on their door versus them knocking on you, yep. certainly, uh, it certainly does make a hell of a difference. Guys, you're listening to Inspired Youth SA here on Cliff Central. Wonderful having you down here, as well as our guests, Dallin Goldman and Nick DeVitt. If you do want to get in touch with us, we are on Inspired Youth SA on Twitter and Facebook, and that's the hashtag too. So please, if you've got any questions for the guys, do send them on through. Otherwise, we're going to be carrying on chatting to them. We've also got another guest coming in the house just now, a young man called Max Ledgerwood, who is uh, getting ready to compete in the Romaniacs Romaniacs excuse me Romaniacs competition in 2018 he's doing some crowdfunding he's 13 years old he's on a plane uh, from Cape Town now which has unfortunately just been delayed by an hour which has kind of thrown everything but um, I know you two are like his heroes so he's so excited to get you so we'll be chatting to Max uh, a little bit later on 
But um, let's let's interrupt it here. Let's let's have a, a couple of fun questions. We've always got a couple of fun, like little sure. questions that we get in here. So we're going to put you on the spot. Uh, or let's start off more more gently. Nick, what's one of the most used apps that you use? What app do you find that you use the most on your phone? Well, um, I think, yeah, probably WhatsApp. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a pretty used by everybody, but you know, it's really cool for sending photos and that type of stuff. And I think what we in what we do, mm. you know, photos are a big thing. You know, media. So besides a camera and uh, WhatsApp, you know, sending it to your mates, putting it on groups, you know, yeah. just being in touch with uh, people around. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I think yeah, that's probably one of the most mainstream ones. <laughs> I think so. Hey, Dylan, over to you. Yeah, I'd, I'd pretty much say the same. I have a lot of friends um, in, overseas internationally that I actually try contact, well, that I do contact through WhatsApp all the time, you know, and we're always updating each other with um, with images and videos and, you know, um, you can't always call call your mates, so you just leave them voice notes, which I think is awesome, you know. Yeah. But other than that, probably uh, Instagram, you know, you're always updating what you're doing um, <clears throat> what, you know, with videos, you know, showing the world, hey, check it out, you know, today I'm learning this flip trick or tomorrow I'm going to be up to here or like um, on my post earlier I said hey we're posting on uh, Cliff Central at two to, uh, 3 to 4 so hit us up you know yeah. log in and let us know what you think yeah cool okay so yeah, those are probably the two most uh, most used apps yeah if I can just jump in there like Dylan said with uh, the Instagram you know and with social media nowadays you ask Dylan how do you get involved in some of the bigger events you know mm. how do you get out there and pretty much when I started, I've seen the evolution of so- social media and especially in the sport that we do, you know, from the old events, you know, it would be where you are and events that you did, you would get into next events. Yeah. Now yeah. with social media, you know, there's new kids coming out the outback in Australia that you would normally never hear about him. But because yeah. of social media nowadays, you see this crazy kid doing ridiculous tricks 100%. and riding like mad and you go... I've never heard of this guy. Look what he's doing. And yeah. that's a l- like a lot of the event promoters, you know, use that type of media to, to get the kids involved, you know. So I think it's very, it's given a lot of people a platform, a platform but an opportunity to get yeah. involved with events because like in the early days, I would just, you know, I do an event, they like what I do and they'd invite me to a next one, to a next one, to a next one. Nowadays, you know, they look on Facebook and Instagram and all the social media and say, that kid, we've never heard of him, but he's doing yeah. some pretty cool <laughs> tricks or whatever. Now let's give him a give him a go in the big X Fighters, you know, yeah, yeah. X Games, all those type of events. And I think that's giving a lot of young kids now the opportunity to to get in there, you know. Yeah, well, now we're hearing about people that we've never heard of before, aren't exactly, we? I mean, yeah. it's, it's something we we're actually talking about the, on the show last week. I mean, it really is Good a powerful exposure. tool. Yeah, like it really is. You know, you're hearing about people that you've never heard of before, as you say. Um, another question, and I, I think this works out very well for the athlete side of things. Are you better at chasing? Or being chased, and I think that works literally for you boys on the motorbike. <laughs> but I mean, are you are you better at if you're sitting in second place? If you got more likely chance of getting into first, or if you're sitting in first place, are you you're you more likely at maintaining that first place? All right, I'll jump in there. Um, <laughs> you know, it is it, two different scenarios. You know, I love being up front. You know, being an athlete, the competitive spirit is there, and uh-huh. you you know. You never want to be behind someone, man. But in the racing, like the back in the racing days, you know, it was always fun chasing someone because, you know, when you're chasing someone, the, the pressure's on them, you know. And I love, like, I remember that from my racing days. I love putting the pressure on them and just tapping their wheel, tapping, tapping. <laughs> Come on, buddy. I'm waiting, waiting. Move and as soon as you get the chance, yeah. you just bang past them. So it depends on the situation. But for me, you know, it was always a lot of fun chasing. 
But, um, you know, up, being up front is always the best. So, a bit of both, eh? Okay, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, f- I find, uh, you know, if you are in second or, or whatnot and you are chasing, you obviously dig a lot deeper, you know, and you're like, okay, no, this is not happening. You know, I'm going to push as hard as I can right now to make sure I get to the top. So, yeah, I generally, uh, I generally chase in that aspect. Yeah. Um, you know, it's obviously when we're doing events and whatnot with uh, the big boys like Nick and Ali and whatnot, it's, uh, it's hard to, to be in front, you know, but, um, <laughs> it's always good at chasing man, you know, to try catch them as well. And any event is always a, a positive, you know, knowing yeah. that, uh, you know, you, you, you climbing up to their ranks is, is always a positive, so. Okay, yeah. well, there we have it. Being chased or chasing. Guys, you're listening to Inspired Youth SA on Cliff Central. Uh, we're coming to you live and also available in a podcast. We're going to take a short break. This is cliffcentral.com. And welcome back again. You are listening to Inspired Youth Essay here on cliffcentral.com. My name is Dean Buerta. I'm the host of the show. I also run a, uh, a business called Pride Factor, where we run motivational content aimed at teenagers and young adults in order to try and persuade them to find their passion and ideally be get, become the best that they possibly can be, uh, and therefore ideally turn it into a career or a lifestyle. So joining me in the studio today, as mentioned, I have got Dallin Goldman, as well as Sick Nick DeWitt, both from the uh, the motocross, or oh, sorry, mot- motocross? No, freestyle. Freestyle, excuse me, I knew there was an F in there somewhere. <laughs> uh, from the freestyle motocross world, and joining us just now is a young man called Max Ledgewood, just uh, on a delayed flight at the moment, so we're expecting him to pop his head in the studio. Any minute now. We were just having a, a bit of a chat, a bit of a Q&A session with, uh, with Dallin and Nick. So, um, Nick, just on to you, what, what inspires you? What, what gets you motivated and amped and jumping out of bed in the morning? Or, or who inspired you? How did this all come about? What or who inspires you? You know, inspiration is a funny thing. You, you need to find something. Not everybody... Well, there's obviously money and all that kind of stuff that inspires a lot of people. But I think you need to find the, the one thing that inspires you, you know. Mm. And I think achieving inspires me, whether it's out there on my bike uh, doing doing a trick and conquering that trick or, you know, training for an event and getting an event done or, you know, a big, th- big inspiration now. And it's, you know, changes in your life, your inspiration five years ago might be different to what mm. it is now mm. so i think uh, my family inspires me a lot you know i've got a little boy three years old and my wife's pregnant with twins oh congratulations yeah so i've got uh, some big challenges ahead but you know i think that's what inspires me now that's you know that's why i wake up in the morning just thinking of you know first of all providing for them but second of all being a inspiration for my son you know i want to be someone that he looks up to and goes hey this is what my dad did and i'm proud you know yeah yeah. and i think uh this time of the life that i'm in now you know everything i do really is for him you know and for for my family to just make a you know make something great make our life great because the biggest realization i had a little while ago is you know you're not working in life you're not working up towards something there's always the little goals and little steps yeah but where you are now is life you know the trip coming here to the studio today was part of life you know this is it the yeah, experiences yeah. that you had there so i think being inspired by life and being you know working towards certain things and you know everything you do you need to have a little reason for and uh you know it could be the biggest thing like achieving a huge beauty pageant for if that's what you do or it could mm-hmm. be something as small as just you know ending the day off happy you know whatever it is yep. so you find out what inspires you and i think uh, you know having those little goals in my life that's what inspires me and conquering them ticking them off my list eh? so you try and keep as present as possible it's yeah. safe to say that yeah i think so <clears throat> you know it's it's ta- yeah seizing the moment living the moment and being happy where you are you know 
it's sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes you have these big mountains in front of you and you go, like, how am I going to get over those things? <laughs> but hey, it always works out. And you know, if it doesn't, take the lesson from it, learn from what you just did. And, uh, you know, next time you have to conquer something like that, at least you, you've been there, you've done that and you've had something similar and, um, you know, learn from all your mistakes. Learn I from your failures. I like that. We're going to get into lessons learned in just a second. Dallin, what or who inspires you? Well said, Nick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Nick's yeah. taking over here. Yeah, I'm like, just lot. killing it today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So growing up, um, my, my dad used to uh, ride dirt bikes as well, you know. Um, and I remember just messing around with him and always watching him, like, just wheelie for days. And when we were at the track, he was just jumping, like, huge, you know, gaps and jumps and yeah, you know, that, that, when I was a kid, I used to just watch that and as well as a lot of like the freestyle motocross DVDs and movies back in the day. And I was just like, man, like this is, this is something I really want to do one day. You know, I really want to, I really want to progress. And, you know, as the years went by, I was lucky enough to, to just keep progressing and pushing and, and getting to, you know, where I am today. And then obviously when I was a lot younger, I used to watch Nick and he used to do all these backflip tricks and all these crazy combos. And I was like, man, this guy is just killing it, man. I need to, I need to hopefully get there one day. So, uh-huh. you know, I'm still chasing. I'm still, I'm still on route, but, um, you know, that's, that's, you know, watching Nick and, what seen what he's done with with freestyle motocross over the over the years that I've been involved. That's inspired me a lot. So, you know, um, sure, I'm st- stoked to be on this journey. Yeah. Um, just going to carry on pushing, um, pushing for the goals that I'm I'm chasing, and uh, yeah, you know, just seeing how a lot of the riders all over the world, um, some of my mates included, have just made a good living off it. You know, yeah. that's 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 what's pushing me and motivating me. So every morning I get up, I'm like, cool today. I'm going to be a better me. I'm going to push forward, and you know. You know, get moving on. So, love it, love it, Nick. Some of the achievements that you've you've achieved in your life. Um, uh, I could go on for days here from what I'm reading off of of uh, off of Google. And obviously, we've we've met before. I've uh, I think I've MC for both of you guys at Ultimate X competitions and things like that back in my days of commentary. Um, and Nick, you've actually joined us at one of our live events that we had i think at redham a year or two ago yeah 2015 i think it was an inspired youth event um tell me your achievements to date where where are you at well uh yeah started off freestyle quite um quite late or you know professional career quite quite late in my life you mm-hmm. know i think i was 23 or 24 when i started riding professionally so it's late on one side but not so late but yeah so yeah went over rode some of the world championships and um yeah placed fourth in the world championships in i think 20 2006 2007 somewhere around that area okay you know and then also just been uh you know i pioneered the sport in south africa you know so yeah. there were some guys before me but you know i was you know one of the first guys to go over to europe and you know, it was difficult in the old days because, you know, all everything you'd want to do was all on DVD. You'd never see it real life. And, uh, yeah, we, I managed to get back, uh, get overseas and see this stuff in real life. You know, so I pioneered a lot of the backflip was one of the first guys to do that That's and this right. and that. So, you know, achievements like the first guy in South Africa to do that consistently and then, um, you know, riding in the world championship, that was a big step in my life. And also riding uh, Red Bull X fighters are the first South African guys to do that. And, you know, that's, that's like the F1 of freestyle motocross. You know, that's where yeah. you, the top, the top, the top level competition. So I did a couple of Red Bull X fighters, uh, rode in X Games Dubai. So that was really awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, never rode in the one in America, never got the opportunity to do that. But, you know, I think, uh, one in Dubai was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, being SA's top rider for quite a few years in a row, you know, just, um, being out there taking a lead and, uh, when you had a good, 
good competition series going in South Africa, you know, really being strong mentally and, uh, you know, taking charge of that. And then also taking part in the Nitro Circus, you know. So all yeah, of course. Being, being one of the riders, like one of the only South African riders to take part in that and uh, be invited to do that. So, you know, all the major events in freestyle motocross I've taken part in and mm. ticked that off my bucket list. And I think in the beginning that was one of the things, uh, you know, that what, what inspires you. I saw all these big events. I'm like, man, I want to do those events. And uh, Red Bull X Fighters, tick, I did that. Yeah. You know, World Championship, tick, I did that. Nitro Circus, tick, I did that. You know, so I think those are some of the achievements. And then also taking freestyle motocross to some countries for the first time. With a, I rode for a team in Belgium called FMX Forever. Mm-hmm. And we took, uh, along with Red Bull, we took a lot of the uh, X, Red Bull X-Fighter jams, they were called. Yeah. And we took that to places like Sri Lanka, first ever freestyle motocross event in Sri Lanka, first ever freestyle motocross event in Pakistan, in uh, Qatar, in... You know, we went to some crazy uh, Bogota in <laughs> Colombia, you know, in, um, yeah, cra- all over the place. All over the place, yeah. I can't even think of the places, you know. And um, in Bolivia as well was one of the crazy places. And I think that's, you know, just a personal achievement. So, you know, that's really cool because, you know, nobody's taken this type of sport there before. And, yeah, and, and, yeah I went and did that. So, you know, it's really awesome. It's like an honor to do that. And, yeah, I had a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's got to be something to, to hang your hat on and certainly not a name you can ignore. Dallin, some of your goals that you've got coming up for the next or next year, 2018. I can't believe it's the 4th of December. <laughs> anyway, uh, for 2018 and beyond, what's, what's on your, your goal list? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty new to flipping and whatnot uh, mm-hmm. right now. I did flip uh, back, I think it was 2012, but I had some complications with some shoulder injuries after that, so I wasn't able to carry on for, for a couple of years. But, you know, now I'm back at it and I'm... And yeah. I'm and I'm pretty headstrong, so you know my goals for 2018 is just to get my flip combos dialed and uh, just work on that as much as I can. You know, yep. uh, try and catch uh, Nick and Ali. They they're doing a lot of the bigger stuff. So, you know, if I can get onto their level pretty soon for next year, I'd be I'd be super stoked. And um, yeah, you know, obviously I'd love to ride some of the events that Nick's mentioned. You know, hopefully Nitro and that come back in in a couple of years from now, and then I get the opportunity to ride that. Um, but uh, yeah. Right now, I'm just trying to stay safe, um, you know, stay humble and just do what I can to progress and push as far as I can go. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's decent, uh, decent goals and objectives in mind. Just, I mean, just to, to get out the way from the beginning, uh, Nick, who, who supports you? Who are your sponsors and supporters? Yeah, well, I've been pretty lucky throughout my career. You know, I had uh, really good sponsors like Red Bull. Um, they, they were one of the turning point sponsors in my life. You know, mm. they, they had some uh, financial assistance and, you know, not, you know, I think I used it wisely. You know, a lot of kids mm. get some financial assistance and go and splash out on a, you know, towards a car, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Where, you know, they were pretty cool how they, they, they helped me. They said it's, a, it's pretty much a budget to help you progress in your sport. Right. And pretty much that's what I did. So all my international trips uh, for the world championships and all of that, you know, Red Bull helped me get air tickets over there. You know, yeah. all the expensive stuff that makes going and doing international stuff impossible you know hotels air tickets exchange rate food living all that kind of stuff yeah and you know red bull was one of the sponsors that helped me with that type of stuff and that was you know a big help you know i probably would have done it but it would have been a lot more difficult without that that kind of sponsorship and then you know coming towards uh brands uh for protective wear like fox clothing and um riding gear Mm -hmm. you know being supported by like the top brands in the country and in the in the world you know it, it helps being able to push in your sport you know yeah. if you're wearing not a, a, a you know a b or c or d level helmet you know 
you, you're going to crash and you're going to be out for so much. So wearing A-level yeah. a stuff, you know, uh, that I got from Fox, you know, that helps you progress in your sport. Yeah. And then other brands, you know, general stuff like DC Shoes, they also supported me for a long time. And then the bike parts, uh, KTM and a whole bunch of bike parts and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And, you know, a lot of really good brands, you know, I've got a lot of good guys like CTI and e-braces and, um, you know, there's so many guys that just helped me through my career. And, uh, I think all of those guys, it's, it's, um, wouldn't be without them that, um, I'd be able to achieve and do what I did. There's, there's quite a bit of family, like kind of camaraderie there, isn't there as well? Like, I mean, if you go overseas and you're with the Fox team and you kind of meet with the other Fox team riders and you learn, you grow and it makes it easier and you share a house and what, 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 am I right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, especially like Oakley's also one of my sponsors and they've also been super good. They were, yeah. they're probably one of my longest running sponsors, mm-hmm. I think from about, uh, 2004. Right. And they've been super good, you know, going overseas, like going to Europe. At the World Championships, they'd make one phone call, get uh, Oakley Germany or Oakley Europe. Really? Hey, uh, meet Nick there. And it's, yeah, like you say, it's a camaraderie, it's a family, you yeah, know. Yeah. They make you feel at home when you're in a pressure, an event with a lot of pressure like that. So, you know, all the guys, it's been awesome and it's, uh, they've helped me out so much. And yeah. uh, I'm so great, uh, grateful for what they've done and where they've helped me get to, you know. Yeah. Dallin, your sponsors and supporters? Yeah, man. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, DC Shoes has been a huge um, help to my, you know, personal growth in the sport. You know, they um, they were able to take me overseas and, uh, and get me to where I needed to be. And you know, um, th- I was able to meet some of the other athletes, like Robbie Madison. He was able to help me out with some of my backflips back in 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's also as well as Skull Candy. He's also a Skull Candy athlete. So, you know, making traveling that much easier. Put your headphones on, jump in the plane, you know, just relax, listen to your music, you know, bass is good. You know, just stay loud, you know how <laughs> it is. Bass is important. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, dirt nose cleaning products, they've, they've helped me, um, a lot over the years. You, you know, obviously getting your bike dirty, riding everywhere, you get home, spray it off, spread dirt nose on, quickly spray it off, super clean, makes it easy, you know, hold 20 minutes on your bike, it's nothing, you know. <clears throat> and, uh, Bound South Africa, keeping me fit. Uh, also, quite entertaining for my little sisters, as mentioned, and my family. Everyone <laughs> loves sure. going there. Um, I, also I love re- that place. Yeah, exactly. I must be honest. Yeah. I think it's awesome. Huh? Go there, do some flips, run up the walls, mm. learn something new every time, you know, so it's it's entertaining. Uh, cool. TRP distributors, they uh, they help me out with Thor MX gear. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to have the best the best gear, as Nick mentioned earlier, you know. Yeah, I've, I'll end up falling every now and then. and. Yeah, if you're not wearing the right gear, you're going to have a bit of an issue. So (laughs) you've got to be in the top gear all the time. Ride 100%, goggles. Just keeping my vision clear. (laughs) They've they've done a they've done a bunch for me. And uh, while I was out in um, in America, they I landed up going to the head factory there. They gave me a box. They were like, "Grab whatever you want, man. It's on you." Again, one of those awesome feelings that you just want as a youngster. (laughs) So I mean, on that, I can see that our our third guest has just arrived. Max Ledgerwood is in the house, so we're going to be having a chat to him. So let's uh, let's have a little song break in between, and then we'll get back. This is Inspired Youth on Cliff Central. This is CliffCentral.com. This 
This is Inspired Youth SA on Cliff Central. Uh, my name is Dean Buerta. I run a, a program called Pride Factor. It's all about the youth. It's all about the kids. It's all about passion. It's all about South Africa as a general or as, as youngsters as a general. Joining me in the house is uh, Dallin Goldman, of course, a Sick Nick, Nick DeVitt, and our guest who's just arrived from Cape Town, Max Ledgerwood. Welcome. Yeah, hello. Hey. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Well, what happened? Delayed flights? Yeah, delayed flights. Yeah, oh, buddy. Story of our lives. This is how it goes, but you know it is. Max, so welcome to the show. Um, obviously, we uh, I've, I've been chatting with your dad a little yeah. bit, who seems to be one of your biggest fans and the <laughs> biggest promoters out there. He's Simon, probably the biggest. Yeah, Simon, you're doing amazing things. So, um, Max, give us give us a brief rundown your story. Where are you at? What are you doing? Well, How old are you? And why is your hair blue? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm 14. I'm from Cape Town. The... My passion for motocross probably started, it started with motocross, yeah. Um, when I was seven, my dad got me a TTR 50, which is just uh, one of the smaller bikes. And it sort of took off from there. Over a, after a year, I got a trainer. And then after three or four years, I got a big, nice cut on my arm because I fell. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then after that, I, I, I just lost interest in motocross and started going off to off-road and enduro, uh-huh. which is another branch of the sport. There's a lot. He does, they do FMX. We do off-road yeah. and enduro, which is basically you start at one place and you've got to end up and you do a bunch of laps on the track and it's out in the mountains or it's in the felt. And one of the nicest things about South Africa is that we actually have the opportunity to go out there and ride yeah. on these yeah. amazing tracks. That they set, and it's not you don't get a proper track. It's you've got different markers right. all over the place, and you've got to follow those. And yeah, in Romaniacs, actually, we don't get you don't even get markers. You've got two GPSs, and yeah. you've got to follow those. And if you don't, you lost. Okay, out so in the we, middle of the nowhere. We're we're gonna get into Romaniacs in in just a second, but um, how did it how did it come about for you? How did how did this um this all come about? Where where did you find your passion in? Is, I mean. Let me start that again. Is this something you're wanting to pursue as a career and become a professional athlete in? Yes or no? Um, yes, definitely. If I get the opportunity to, obviously it's very, it's a very exclusive sport. There's a very low chance that you can get into it. And mm-hmm. if I don't go, get, if I, I'm going to try my heart out to get into it. Yeah. But if I don't, then I'm going for marine biology. Marine biology. Okay. Yeah. That's a, a slightly different yeah. field. Nick, you <laughs> nodding your head here going, what? Okay. Yeah, he's one of the clever guys. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, I mean, um, so d- does your, does your father ride? Your friends ride? Um, none of, my dad doesn't ride. He used to a little bit, but that wasn't races. It was just transport. Right. Um, okay. no one in my family actually rode. It was, I don't know how I got into it, but the second that I was on the bike, I was hooked. He sort of, <laughs> my sister is into horses. I tried that and they were just too slow. So <laughs> put um, a motor on this horse. Yeah. <laughs> There's no off switch on a horse. That's yeah. He's got a mind of his own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you. Okay. Carry on. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was, <laughs> it just sort of came about and then I was hooked. Yeah. Yeah. And how it goes sometimes. Passion just bites you and grabs you and runs with it completely. 
Um, so just cutting back to to our to our how can I call you the older duo? Let's go with that for now. Um, <laughs> hey, 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 Dylan, one of, one of one of the lessons you may have have learned because we, we're trying to inspire our young man here yep. to I won't say give up a world of marine biology. That's certainly not what I'm trying to get, at, especially not to you, Simon. Um, but what what we are trying to do is obviously there's a balance at the moment, and it's something that we talk about at, at our events with youngsters nowadays. Usually have a couple of opportunities available to them. One is study further once you finish school. Second thing is obviously go out and get a job if there are any. Third is start your own business or do your own thing. And fourth is ideally travel. Now with the the options that we've got available to us with the internet, etc., you can do more than one thing at the same time. You can have a job while working on a passion project. Yeah. You can be studying while you're traveling, etc., etc. So there's a lot of things that are available to youngsters that maybe we never had available to us when, when we were youngster. So, um, Dylan, one, one of the lessons you may have learned this year or recently that we might be able to inspire young man Max here is something that you've, you've learned over the times through being a professional in this yeah. sport. What would that be? Look, you are going to have some hard times. Like, it's, yeah. it's inevitable. So, like, you know, I just say push hard as, as much as you can and just don't give up, you know. If you, if you put your hard work and dedication, you are going to get through it and you are going to get to where you need and, and, and want to be. You know, it might take a little bit longer than what you're expecting, but at the end of the day, you're still going to make your way there. So just don't give up, you know. I've, I've had to work and ride and, and mix it all up in between. Yeah. But, um, yeah, at the end of the day, I'm riding full time right now and it's, and it's going great and, you know, I'm really happy with it. So just don't give up, man. Push as hard as you can and you'll get there. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Wise words, Nick. Your take on that? Uh, yeah, well, that's hundred percent what Dylan said. There, you know, you got to remember the ten thousand hour rule. And that always stuck in the back of my head is yeah. uh, ten thousand. If, if you want to become a pro- professional at anything, put ten thousand hours into it. And uh, you know, it's a long time. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of effort. It's a lot of uh, scratches, bumps, bruises, and a. Uh, you know, it's not going to come easily, you know. It's a long time and a lot of stuff you've got to go through. But uh, what I would suggest as well, and a big thing that I learned, and I kind of wish that I did, is, um, you know, you're going to be pursuing your career. And being a professional athlete, that takes up a lot of your time. Yeah. But uh, with a professional athlete, there's a shelf life. And yeah. uh, you yeah. got to, you know, when you start off young with, don't don't start off with the end in mind, but, you know, you you, you need to... Do your sport. If you want to become professional, you got to put 100% into it. Yeah. But that extra 110%, that 10% extra, you know, you need to put something into something else, you know. So when you're doing your sport, do it. But, you know, carry on studying. Carry on looking at something else as well. And uh, like you said, Dean, you know, in the day and age that we in now, the digital age, you know, there's so many opportunities. Run a business while you're doing that. You yeah. know, there's... You know, when I started off, it was pretty much, I always wished I had a Skype on my phone that I could talk. <laughs> Read a book, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that I could uh, talk back to my parents and my girlfriend back home in South Africa. <laughs> now, man, you know, with WhatsApp call and all that kind of stuff, you can literally FaceTime and you're never, you're one second away from anybody in the world, you know? So easy. No, so, you know, that's what easy. I would say is like, you know, make sure that uh, you're doing your sport 100%, but then also keep in mind that sports don't last forever and, you know, Study something else. Keep a good background because you don't want to be dropped. A lot of professional sportsmen at the end of their careers are just dropped like, oh, what now? Yeah. And I yeah. think um, like in America, I read a book or a blog, uh, blog or something about uh, how many professional NFL players and all of that actually go super depressed at the end of their careers. Yeah. It's just because, you know, they're used to being in the limelight. They're used to being famous. They're used to be getting free stuff from all their sponsors. And now when that when they sign up the younger, better team player, now they drop and they're like, oh, what now? You yeah, know? what are we doing and, now? And um, yeah, you know, that's a big thing that I always thought of. And it's something I would pass, pass on to the youth. 
you know, that are thinking of making a sport a profession is, you know, make sure you've got something else as well because, yeah. you know, one injury, one this, one that, you can change, change sport like a click of a finger. Yeah, so. things can change very, very quickly. Now, Max, you're, uh, you've, you've got a competition coming up or where, where everything at the moment is all about Romaniacs. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. So what <laughs> is Romaniacs? Um, well, Romaniacs is one of the, it's quite said as the hardest enduro rally in the world. Uh-huh. Um, a rally meaning it's over a couple days mm-hmm. and this one in turn is over four days. And it's like six to eight hours of riding a day, which is, it's a lot of riding for a 20 year old, never mind a 14 year old. Yeah. I am doing the iron class, so it's the easier class, but as they say, it's still Romaniacs. It's still going to be very hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how did, how did this come about? Where, where did well, this? Well, I've always wanted to ride, uh, um, I've always wanted to ride in a extreme enduro, which is what this is, but, mm-hmm. Now suddenly I've got the, gotten the opportunity to because also I went off, which something, something that actually inspired me is I went off and did some training with Sanja Gomez, who is one of the best riders in the world. Mm-hmm. And that sort of, I got to live the lifestyle of a world champion and that showed me what I was actually going to take, what it was going to be like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that really inspired me most of all, probably. Yeah, there's it. Get a little, uh, chip off the old block or, yeah. or take a bite out of someone else's apple and you kind of get to taste it and live it and all that so Romaniacs gathering it's in Romania yes yeah, yeah. yes okay my <laughs> education is paying off when is it um, you've got a crowdfunding site up and about tell us tell us about your, your road to Romaniacs um, well the first off it starts off with each day you wake up to school whatever then it's riding or training or <laughs> sorry I gotta stop that's just hilarious I love it wake <laughs> up do some school get back on the motorbike yeah, yeah. <laughs> school gets in the way of your passion <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. well at least I'm homeschooled so yeah. I was like, able to fly out today oh that's awesome um, yeah. but yeah you wake up you're either in the gym or riding uh-huh. or resting one day so and then each weekend we're do- doing something more mm-hmm. and then yeah the Romaniacs is Sometime in August, I think, July 25th to 29th. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> you got to be ready for that. Lots of preparation going on for that. No, so, I mean, I just, I just want to punt that one more time. I know you've got a, a crowdfunding site. Obviously, like we were talking about earlier, this is an expensive sport. Yep. And everyone knows that South Africans traveling abroad. It's not good. It's not an easy thing by any no. means. So, I mean, you, you're looking to raise some funding, Max, and obviously get some support, and we're trying to give you as much exposure as yeah. we possibly can. Yeah, How does someone get involved with uh, with crowdfunding and getting you over there? Um, we've got a crowdfunding page on, I think, Go GoFundMe or something. Yeah, that's right. Um, just, yeah, it's on my dad's Facebook site, Simon Ledgerwood. He's got... The chances are your friends with him. He's got about 5,000 of them. Yeah, and he's on a, he's on a mission. We're loving your work, yeah. Simon. But I mean, we'll, we'll be posting it all over, all over yeah, our social thanks, media site thanks. as well. But, um, that, that's what you're trying to do, correct? Yeah. You're trying to raise money to go over there. Yeah, it's quite a bit of money as well. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Do you guys take your bikes with you when you travel? Well, um, not really. We take parts of our bikes, you know. We take parts of your <laughs> yeah. bikes. Suspension. Please explain that one. Yeah, so with uh, all these different types of uh, disciplines of sports, you know, you, you get a standard bike and then you do a few modifications. Uh, with freestyle motocross, we do our suspension, our handlebars, right. and a few other little 
adjustments to make sure the bikes can do what we need them to do. So typically when uh, I travel overseas, I'll take my suspension, yeah. so which is a two forks in the front and a rear shock. I'll take uh, my handlebars, a few other little gimmicks, and then a few plastics and a seat. So yeah. normally it's about around about 50 kilograms that I pack up in my bags, throw on the plane, and hopefully it comes out on the belt on the <laughs> other side. Eh? <laughs> And then same thing. Pretty yeah. much same thing. I also sometimes have we have a, on certain bikes you have to cut up your subframe as well and take it with you and um, like some flip levers. Obviously, for Nick doing his super flips and whatnot, um, you need to take those as well. But uh, yeah, you know, traveling sometimes I've actually had my bags ripped open apart and the, the airports, especially in California, think this is a giant bomb or something. <laughs> yeah. So you have to actually put a, a letter in the bag stating exactly what it is and uh, please don't throw my equipment away because it's professional use. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's got to be some interesting luggage to take on. I mean, I, again, I'm thinking of just the surfboard side of things is, is something enough. What are you taking over with you, Max? Um, we're not really taking a bike over. We can't. It's going to be more expensive than just hiring a bike there. Yeah. yeah. So we're hiring a bike there. We've got... That's about it, though. We're taking luggage, just clothing, and then hopefully my dad. <laughs> um, <laughs> Vital point. Yeah, yeah. look... I've flown already by myself. This isn't the first time. So, <laughs> um, it's just bike hire there. It's going to be cheaper for me. Yeah. I don't really need custom. I'm not at the stage where I need custom everything just yeah. yet. I can do with <laughs> a what, bike what? thrown at me. So, um, so goals and aspirations for, for let, let's leave Romaniacs aside for this coming year. Let's, let's talk this about, year. let's talk about the, the education side as well as the, the passion and the career and the, the motorbike side of things. What, what is, what is your goals? What are your aspirations? What do you want to do? Where are you going over the next year or two? In the next year, it's obviously Romaniacs. Yeah. And then, Next year, it's going to be. Tr- I'm going to try and enter at least three ho- Red Bull Hard Enduro series, which is what I've been t- what I've talking I've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Which is Red Bull Romaniacs, Red Bull Cita Sky in Turkey, and Red Bull Minish Riders in Brazil. Okay. Um, and then because I was, uh, these are the only ones that I can actually enter because I'm actually that young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 2020 is when I'm going to try for the Roof of Africa. 16 years old. Okay. Yeah. You boys nodding your heads there is <laughs> something you've done, will do, not well, interested in. Well, we actually do It's the a fr- different discipline, I yeah. understand Well, that. compared to what we do, yeah. Yes. So, um, yeah, we do the Freestyle Motocross Show there every year. Okay, right. And so it's, it's a, a, show it's a cra- crazy event, you know. It's uh, super hard, and uh, we just admire all the athletes that are going to do that that event. So It's no joke. Yeah. yeah. We kind of understand what, uh, <laughs> what, what these guys go yeah. through. Right, right. Okay. Well, um, sure. Can't believe our time is actually just flown past here. It usually does. Guys, please do engage with us if you want any information on either of our top guests as well as our young man, Max Ledgerwood. Do find us on Inspired Youth Essay on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, all the ones. Inspired Youth Essay. Let's just end off with a couple of, uh, of, of, of words of wisdom or inspiration or anything like that. Dallin, anything you've got to say to the youngsters out there wanting to get involved with this sport or just any tips of advice? Yeah, if you put your mind to it, anything's possible. So just don't give up, keep pushing, and you'll get there, you know? There we go. Nick, over to you. Yeah, I'd just say, you know, find your passion. Find out what you're passionate about and get a goal, you know. Uh, chase something. Chase <laughs> yeah. something. Yeah. Chase something. Okay, love it. And from your side, Max? Obviously, I can't give very much advice. <laughs> <laughs> He's um, humble too. It's 
you sort of just got to be ready for it. Always never get the nerves, never let nerves get the best of you. You've got to, yeah, as they say, push hard at it and you'll get it. You'll get there. Yeah. 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 I like it. I think we're learning as we go along. I think we're learning as we go along. Guys, it's been another installment of Inspired Youth here on Cliff Central where we're highlighting the achievements and success and passion projects of youngsters all around the country and uh, trying to get them into rooms with their, their idols and people that inspire them. So please, again, do engage with us on uh, Cliff Central as well as Facebook and Twitter. We love hearing from you. We love getting suggestions for people on the show. And if you want to get in touch with any of the guys that we've had on today or any other time, Please do so. From myself, Dean Burter, and the rest of the crew, guys, thank you so much for joining yeah, us. Thanks for having thanks us. Today. Thanks for having there us. We go. Over and out. This is CliffCentral.com.